This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 264. I have a wonderful guest for you today that I came across recently. Her name is Alisa Couture, um, the perfect surname for someone in fashion. And uh, I don't know if you remember, we've obviously done quite a few shows on fashion over the years, uh, but and a couple we've done with a real focus on fashion for um, good in the planet, for good for human rights. Uh, we've done colour and how that can impact our mood and, and uh, the clothes that we wear and how they can then enhance uh, that mood and our overall spirit. And today with Alyssa, we're actually talking even in more depth about that uh, health impact of fashion. And Alyssa has uh, a huge uh, long career in fashion already so far and uh, has written a book called Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. And this actually establishes an alternative approach to clothes. Uh, it will make more sense as the show goes on. Uh, it's a really interesting conversation. It almost felt like one of those conversations that I got my head around in a very beginner's mindset. Uh, but now I'm actually really looking forward to diving into the book, which wasn't released when we recorded this. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to reading it because I've always been interested in different clothes and fabrics that just seem to feel make the energy feel easier in the body, you know, the way, like a true comfort. But do, does comfort mean we have to be in sweatpants <laughs> and daggy tops all the time? Like, can we actually uh, find a way to feel really um, beautiful and, and enhance our, our souls, if you like, which I always think a really great dress or um, a nice, uh, the perfect pair of jeans really does. But Alyssa helps us look at quite a spiritual approach to this, um, thinking of colours, thinking of spirituality, thinking of textures, thinking of environmentalism, uh, and really merging all of those things to decide perhaps uh, more broadly what fashion could and should look like for the health of people and planet into the future. So uh, she's a very spiritually driven woman and she's previously lived on several ashrams and in monasteries. She's a professional fine artist and illustrator uh, and uh, a former chef. So she's just done so many things, one of those really interesting people. And what I um, was uh, shocked to find out was after our interview, we uh, were chatting and she said, look, I hope that came across okay uh, because I, you know, had a stroke a couple of years ago and I noticed that my speech is still sometimes a little bit jagged. And I was, uh, <laughs> I was just amazed at her recovery and her ability to communicate something really complex, uh, obviously, 
something that she's quite intuitively developed and decided to write a book on. Uh, so if uh, at any point you're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, maybe a little bit jagged in speech, I personally didn't, but um, I think it's amazing what people come back from to then push on and do the things in their hearts that they want to bring out into the world. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Alyssa and I will jump into that soon. So uh, we have a couple of offers for you in December. Actually, next week, we're even adding a third. Um, And, you know, it's just a time of the year where people are buying uh, family gifts, where people are wanting to uh, work on uh, making those swaps from really big ticket items that are quite expensive. And I love helping you be able to do that with really beautiful brands. So, uh, you know, when different brands want to come together in December and put things on for you, then it's a great month because we tend to be a little bit overwhelmed with all the things that we have to do for the family and the foods and the preparations and gifts. Um, that uh, that the budget can spill over a little and then we don't have the money to get the critical dehumidifier or air filter that we need to get through the Australian summer. So our first offer, coming back for the third time this year, so generous, is Oz Climate. Now, Oz Climate are one of my all-time favourite uh, dehumidifier slash filter brands. They rate very highly in various independent review sites And uh, the quality of the product is beautiful. And actually the little compact air filter that we've got in our bedroom, I adore because air filters often look really chunky and ugly in a room, but somehow Oz Climate has managed to produce something that looks really lovely and is very high performance. And uh, that's one of my favorite products they've got. But As you guys would hopefully know by now, I have a long, unfortunate history with mould, illness and uh, attempted avoidance, Uh, and we are very grateful to be in a home right now where there is no mould, it is very dry, and we are having a very wet spring summer, so that's awesome. But uh, it is inevitable that as the summer months drag on, especially when we're on the east coast of here or anywhere really, um, the humidity rises. And of course there's added humidity when it's raining and having a dehumidifier to keep the air humidity percentages under 60% will help you stop getting mustiness or damp in the home. Even if you don't have a water damage issue, if you have high humidity inside for a prolonged period of time, all those jumpers that are stacked together, all that dust that gathers uh, on um, surfaces, that can then become a food source for mold. So really important to keep our indoor spaces dry and a dehumidifier is a great idea. So if you need either of those appliances and you're an Aussie, please head to ozclimate.com.au. Your code is LOWTOXLIFE and you get an extra 10% off the already discounted prices. Now, if you're not sure about your room size, about the type of dehumidifier based on the climate you live in, just give them a buzz. You can find their number on the website and uh, they're happy to take you through what you're going to need based on room configurations and climate, um, which can mean that you get the right appliance the first time and you're super happy uh, instead of buying something really expensive and then uh, finding out a couple of months later that you actually needed something different. 
So that's offer number one. Offer number two is Walida is helping us out with our restocking and Christmas gifts. You save a whopping 20% off all Walida products. And if your order is $100 or more, you're getting a free 75 mil skin food. Uh, Amazing. Uh, You have free shipping over $50, express shipping over $99. So if you're a little worried that you're not going to get it in time, then you might need that. And all throughout December, every order that Walida uh, receives and sends out, one tree is planted with the wonderful Tree Sisters initiative. This is an offer of valid until the 31st of the 12th, 2021. So right till the last day of this year. And it does exclude gift packs and gift vouchers and other promotions that might be on. So 20% off all Walida products, free skin food if your order's over 100. And your code is Walida December, all one word, uppercase, Walida December. Head to walida.com.au to make the most of that and enjoy this intriguing conversation with Alyssa Couture. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Alex? I'm really well, thank you. And I'm very intrigued by the conversation we're about to have. We are talking fashion as it relates to health in a holistic way, not just um, the way that a lot of us are talking about right now with how we can make fashion more sustainable, more regenerative, close the loop, use less water, buy less, all those things. Um, You have added this whole extra dimension to how we can think about fashion for our health. And what I love about that is it leads into the need for us to all be a lot more mindful about the clothes that come into our lives. Um, And I feel like by default, thinking about clothes more seriously as they relate to us and our health, um, that would naturally have us be much more mindful about what we choose, investigating where things come from, making sure they're aligned with our values. So I was all in for this conversation. Now, I want to ask you first, when did clothes become important to you? Was it, did you grow up in a household where your parents really valued fashion uh, and, you know, presenting yourself well and looking your best? Or was it something that you had a personal journey with in your life growing up? Well, thank you so much for the introduction, by the way. That was, you really nailed it there with everything about healthy fashion. So the real first starter and how I got into fashion and health, it started in high school and I'm 36 now. So it's, it was many, many years ago and it was around when I was 16 years old. I started designing clothes in a little notebook I wasn't really, I was upcycling. I was cutting things up and doing stuff like that, but I was more so drawing fashion. And I would just draw these little poor looking stick figures and I couldn't draw for the life of me. But I ended <laughs> up going to some art classes, taking some art classes and I got really good at it. But that is when I started uh, being conscious of fashion. And I went to fashion design school after that, after high school, I went to Academy of Art University in San Francisco, and I learned about fashion design and fashion business, and that still brought me, I I actually had a lot of theories that I was sort of thinking about, fashion and theory. I was really wrapped up in fashion and a lot of the different theoretical concepts that I have provided in the book that are included and in relation to healthy fashion 
But I did start, I guess, in college is when I really started to theorize what I was trying to talk about with, you know, fashion and the archetypes or fashion in performance or fashion with plant-based, 100% um, plant-based materials and all of these different things. I didn't really get into 100% plant-based until I started my uh, handmade, small, uh, local fashion brand. And it was just sample collections that I was producing. But these sample collections happen to be made out of materials like cotton and linen and hemp, some of my favorite fabrics to use. And I actually don't really, I don't really go well with polyester fibers. I I'm just, so glad you said that. Yeah. Because so there's this huge trend to um, glamorize and lift up these big brands. I saw it just on the Met Gala this week as we're having this conversation. I know it's going live in a few weeks, but um, a lot of uh, eco bloggers and things were saying online, it's amazing. Oscar de la Renta's going uh, full, uh, like uh, an animal free. And I thought, you know, and I often think about this because I'm, um, intrigued by the cycle of life and how we have come to disconnect ourselves from it so much that death is awful always and um and yet we all become food for mushrooms eventually like everything dies and eats and i'm always interested um in how we come to um, decide what's right okay that's that's probably what i'm trying to get at and i thought so is it right then that we use polyesters and um, send billions and billions of microplastic particles into the sky, into the oceans, into the forests for creatures to then eat, get sick and die a different way? I honestly just don't know what the right answer is. I actually have come to the conclusion that there is no exact right answer and yeah. something pretty crappy tends to happen no matter what. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll add to that. I'll yeah. add to that um, because I think you're on a, a good uh, topic here with the Met Gala and all of these beautiful glamorous gowns and these microfibers and synthetics and to get to it, I believe there is a level of brainwashing um, in just in, in society, in the world at large. And also these polyesters, their pH, they're not pH balanced on the skin. So we need a slightly acidic, uh, we need a slightly acidic balance, uh, slightly acidic pH on our skin topically. And uh, plants are the, are the perfect pH because they're neutral. Uh, they have a neutral uh, pH and I believe polyester synthetics because of the lack of breathability for one in a skin, it is too acidic for the body. And that's why a lot of times, I don't know if you, this happens to you, but when you put on like something tight fitting that's synthetic and you have a feeling like it's sort of like your skin's not breathing properly. Mm -hmm. And that is skin, all, yeah. always when I get the worst BO is if I'm wearing <laughs> some. I remember yes. growing up and I'd be like, why do I stink wearing this top? And I couldn't figure it out until yeah. way later. And if I wore a linen top or cotton, I would never have that issue. So, mm. yeah, I wrote that in my book. There's a yeah. specific microbe that makes uh, odor really, really stench, stenchy. Um, from synthetic fibers 
but I I do feel like there is a specific glamorization too with the the recycled polyester, the recycled bottle bottles that are being turned into legging, and that I mean that too. We're we're putting plastic. I mean, what are all these oil spills doing all over the earth? I mean, we're we're wearing that. I mean, that's the, this oil, this petroleum oil is coming from the oil spills. I mean, not coming from them, but do. You, do you see what I'm saying? Like, if you go and look in all these disastrous oil spills and you see the, the animals and the ducklings totally uh, saturated with the oil all over the body and they suffocate from this. So our body as a skin, as a living, breathing entity, uh, I do believe that this oil could be suppressing and causing a lack of breathability for one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And because we're wearing things that that are made from synthetics, that are made from petroleum products, we're then fueling, for want of a better word, and probably decent pun there, <laughs> um, the industry to keep it going and keep these ships traveling around the world, transporting this material for people to use. Exactly. And it all started in the 1930s. The 1930s uh, with these large chemical DuPont, Monsanto, they all started this boom with the chemicals, uh, rayons, uh, spandex, rayon, spandex, polyester, acetate, acrylic. It all started then. And before then, we were just fine and dandy wearing hemp. We were, mm. we were wearing hemp uh, before the, this boom in the 1930s. That's and, interesting. So did the war on drugs that Nixon brought in impact fashion as well and um, sort of sweep hemp under the carpet even more as a nasty crop um, that made illegal substances and then fashion brands could no longer have access to that material? That's a question I don't know, but that wow. would be something I'd be interested in learning. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Because, you know, you think about psychedelics research and then that all got swept away when it was showing amazing results for soldiers and people with depression. And it sounds to me like the fashion industry might have been implicated in in a negative way as well. So oh, interesting. Yeah, certainly. Mm. Yes. Wow. Um, and I bet people don't think about this when they buy themselves that seasonal jumper. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I still wear polyester. I, I have a winter coat by North Face and this coat keeps me warm and it's partially down and, uh, and I'm not 100% vegan, but I wear outer layers in polyester. I'm not 100% plant-based because you really have to live in the tropics or a warm, warm climate to be 100% plant-based. Because if you have to wear uh, outerwear apparel, it's very, very, very uh, minor market. Uh, 100% plant-based winter apparel is a very, very minor market right now. Mm-hmm. Got it. It's just not available. It's just yeah. not available. So I do. I mean, I wear some shoes with synthetic. I'm not completely dissing it and acting like, you know, it's not a part of life. It is a part of life. It's, it's, yeah. what, it's why, you know, it's, it's been around for forever. But I think that the fashion industry and everything, and I do have some more to say about how we can be more plant-based. And that is when the fashion industry, uh, and relies on other plants, other types of plants, pineapple, nettle, bamboo, rami, uh, 
Pina silk, um, lotus silk, water hyacinth sum, capic tree, uh, banana, all of these different types of plants, if we can cultivate them and market them with uh, and create them and turn them into fibers in a mechanical way that's technological, if we can do that and manage it, then we can actually have a demand that's mass pop a mass demand for plants. Until then, we're just going to rely on this polyester because it's just so easy. It's easy to make and it's cheap. Uh, so we have to really uh, bring in the different types of plants in order to create a larger demand for plant-based fabrics. And Absolutely. And I completely understand what you're saying there with it's not about being perfect. It's actually just about being aware. And once we're aware, we can start to make different choices bit by bit. We can start to seek out uh, these innovators who are doing things with these incredible new plant-based fabrics um, rather than uh, petroleum-based. And, uh, and it, you, you know, it, it, I think if we try to be perfect tomorrow, we all fail and everyone goes, well, that's just all too hard, isn't it? And then we move on um, and we lose that the magic of imperfect progress, which I think is where we'll always progress the best. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exact. That's exactly where we are at. It's a transition. We're, we're in transition. We're trying to sort of evolve the sustainable industry, the eco-fashion movement, the ethical fashion movement. And what they really need is healthier fashion because sustainable fashion is still heavily relying on polyester. And there's a lot, there's a lot more to uh, what I talk about uh, than this, but this is a large part of it. This is the main basis is that sustainable vision, uh, sustainable fashion is heavily relying on polyester fabrics. And what we have to do is sort of kind of transition into, we don't have to do 100% plant-based, but right now it's at about a 10% market mm -hmm. share. So it really needs to increase. Wow. So of all the clothes made in the world, currently around 90% of them are petroleum-based? Yes. <gasps> I did not know that it was that bad. Yes, and if you think of rayon, because rayon's mm -hmm. included, because it's a semi-synthetic, but technically yeah. rayon is it's it's very has very little plant uh, cellulose involved in it. So yes, the the rayon, the polyester, the spandex, all of those combined is around eighty-five to ninety percent. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't I, I don't have the perfect number on that, but it's around there. It's around there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, so now that we know the bad news, let's start talking about some lovely things that we can do when it comes to fashion and us. Um, but to do that, I, I would like to um, sort of preface this part of our chat by talking about the bad rap that fashion has had from a humanitarian perspective lately, um, and rightly so. You know, we're exposing exploitation, unsafe working conditions, slavery, 
uh, toxic practices. So if you think not just of the environmental impact of microplastics, but also the dyes that have been used and the way that fabrics have been treated with formaldehyde to make them easy care and all that horrific stuff. Um, are you seeing a benefit to these brutal truths? Like you're at the coalface of this and talking with clients and um, people every day. How do you see this information landing for people? Is it sinking in? Are you seeing people change? Um, yes, I think that I'm, I'm watching and observing it more than actually participating, but I am participating. I'd like to call myself a participant, but yes, um, I think that people are getting into the wellness trend and the health, health trend, the wellness trend. And this is, you know, everyone's kind of into these athleisure wear and we're all trying to dress more comfortable and with the whole coronavirus that really kind of switched people on to ergonomic fashion which is fashion designed for the body to make the perfect make the person comfortable and at ease and I don't believe that the world is changing at a rapid pace but I don't really think that we really are the ones that are going to be responsible. I think it's a planetary awakening and it's a spiritual awakening on behalf of the divine. I, I think it's going to be the pace that is not for, for us to choose. Um, but with all the wars happening and everything, people find that fashion is so fr frivolous. But the problem is when it, what it comes down to is our clothing is just like our food. And it's an industry to be respected. And there's been a lot of toxicity just in every industry alone. So I think that with fashion, there's a lot of just superficialness. And polyester is sort of an example, I believe. There's just, you know, it's plastic, you know, it's, it's, there's something superficial about it. And like I said, I do wear it and it's not something that is nasty and going to kill us, but it's sort of a symbol of some of the superficial parts of the world. Mm. Some of well, it's just kind of like you eat a chocolate bar alone. That one chocolate bar is not going to kill you. Um, <laughs> but the superficiality of it as in what it represents, we don't need it. It's not essential to us. And if you thought about having it all the time, then yeah, it wouldn't be so great for us. And I think yeah. fast fashion's really the same and these petroleum-based um, clothes are the same. Yes. So what was your question initially? I'm sorry, I got a little bit carried away. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's a subject <laughs> that invites a lot of tangents. It was more to ask if on the ground and the conversations you're having every day, you really do feel like, awareness is building on the many facets of how we've been doing fashion and how that's been hurting people and planet. Yeah. Well, mm. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback where people just don't look at fashion as a healing modality and fashion or health. I get a lot of, this is news to me and it's exciting. I don't get a lot of, this is what we're doing already. I mean, sure. There's thousands of fashion brands that are plant-based right now that are doing their thing and they're, they're incredible, whatever the work they're doing. But the people I'm meeting 
whether they're in fashion or not. The fashion industry is really not talking about fashion for health that much based on uh, my research. And it definitely needs to be, it's not radical. It's, I mean, you think about it casually because this is your field. You, you deal with health all the time. So with fashion for health, it's, I think it's something that's going to really be a showcase for something new, for a new change in the industry, and something that we can kind of grab onto and make it our own, because there's so many different concepts of fashion, how fashion could be for your health. There's so many, many, many different concepts. Mm, absolutely. So let's... Yes. Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit more. Um, if we were to go a bit 101, like beginner's mind completely on how fashion can impact health, how would you introduce that topic? Well, first, we would start off with plant-based material, um, trying to focus on wearing as many plant-based materials as possible. And whether it's low-impact dyes or whether it's plant-based dyes. And if it's not low impact, you know, you can always wear a lighter colored top and that would have less dye in it if you wanna go that route. Then we have the fashion and ergonomics. And I call fashion ergonomics, it, it's a part in my book where we kind of get down to the hardware of the clothing, down to the seams, down to the types of collars that are, uh, ergonomic and at ease and comfortable and something you can perform in well, whether you are sitting or whether you are walking or running. So we talk about that. And then we talk about fabrics that are non-itchy, fabrics that are smooth, fabrics that are comfortable, fabrics that are basically just working with the body and not against it. And then for buttons, zippers, and hardware, nothing abrasive. So I think that we can even go a little bit more interesting and bring acupressure sandals into the picture. Say, um, say we want to design clothes that can actually stimulate our meridians, our meridian points in the feet, in the hands, in the back, uh, wherever. That could, that can be a new step of ergonomic fashion because once we br bring up our energy pathways in the body like I just I just learned uh, about the joints being major energy pathways that when activated can um, almost act like a vortice a vortex or a vortice and bring energy in, in without the body so I talk a little bit about energy and metaphysics in my book as well and that's a little bit of a piece of that and I also talk about spiritual dress so we can wear clothing it can be as simple as a white t-shirt and that white t-shirt to you is divine it it feels divine it looks divine it's spiritual and a non-religious way because I don't practice any uh, like specific faith and I don't preach that either any specific faith well and I think if you focus on spirituality it allows anyone of any faith to connect Yes. Mm, because we, I mean, every religion has spirituality in common. Atheism yeah. even can have spirituality. Um, so we can all unite in spirituality. And what I love about that is 
it, it teaches that we can all have an overlap there rather than having to focus on differences. That's what it is. Mm. That's exactly what it is. Yes. I could yeah. have said it better myself. <laughs> Beautiful. And so, um, so we're looking in our closets and we're just trying to decide what to wear today. Um, is there a practice you use personally that tunes you into what's going to make you feel the best that day? Well, I, um, when I travel, like say I'm traveling or whatnot, I will roll up my clothes and I'll just pick something the night before and I'll wear it. I'll just wear it. I don't care what it is. And other times, yeah, I'm really not picky when it comes to, cause I make sure every single outfit is so comfortable but sometimes there's a certain colors that I just don't want to wear. And yes, I will be picky and choosy. Um, but w- what was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, when you pick things out, when you're deciding what to wear that day, um, is there a process you go through to tune into something that's really going to make you feel good that day? Oh, well, well, that. This is a psychological um, standpoint on, on wardrobe styling. And like I said, I I am really not picky with my clothes and I choose to tune into them um, so that they kind of can embrace me every day the same. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Um, I, I try to pick out clothes that are sort of um similar and and in relation to each outfit they're similar and one of a kind but very much alike so that helps me it helps me with my balance i like to feel balanced i like to feel minimal um this is my phase and process right now i wasn't always like that um but i do have a simple wardrobe it's typically leggings or sweatpants and you know a crop top shirt or a sweatshirt uh, or a sweater and basically all cotton. And I just kind of have sort of a uniform <laughs> to yeah. a degree. It's a little bit like a uniform, but it's not at all. Um, but yes. It's so interesting you use the word uniform because I operate the same way. I have, um, I have different occasions that I kind of group together. So formal meeting, uh, everyday mom school stuff or, um, uh, uh, like what I do, my Facebook lives wearing usually the same thing. Um, and then what I do when I'm working out and I just never have to think about what I'm wearing ever. And I think the freedom of that means I feel like me always, um, because I've just decided that those are the clothes that put me in that frame of mind. And it's all part of a, um, identity strengthening I think um if if I were to investigate that psychologically a little bit more I guess that's what it is for me that's great yeah that's awesome Mm, so interesting and so um when we then talk about um like let's just say you've you've heard this so far and you've thought oh my gosh most of my clothes are still synthetic um and maybe after the chat, a week or two goes by and you started to realize that that red t 
t-shirt is actually super itchy and you've never liked the way the seam hits your shoulder and you've started to realize annoyances with certain items of clothing. Um, where do we start to actually cultivate a wardrobe that really is healthy for us? Well, see, so you really know what you're talking about and that's, you bring a good point things in my wardrobe even to this day I'll find annoyances uh, just randomly and I'm like how did I not notice this and then like, <laughs> all of a sudden I'll notice it and I've been wearing it forever but I think letting them pass and letting them go and starting fresh or just letting them go is the best choice for our health we just have to you know, thrift them, bring them to a secondhand shop and give them away because we don't need those types of clothes that are going to be a hindrance in our life. It's just not going to be comfortable. It's going to ruin our mood and we have to purge. We have to remove the items in our wardrobe that are not comforting us. And we don't have to, you know, live in sweatpants and uh, sweaters like me all day, but, um, <laughs> When we do get dressed up, we should think about pieces, you know, say a blazer suit. We could have a jersey knit blazer suit instead of a woven because a lot of suits, suitings are very, very restricting in the shoulders. And we could, we could just mash that and find a jersey knit stretch uh, fabric and in, in a blazer. And that will be office attire, professional, but also make you comfortable. So there's, there's lots of different ways that we can go about doing this. But I think what you had said, purging is probably one of the most important things we can do. And everyone's going to say, well, there's just too much secondhand waste. Well, the thing is, if we did indeed produce in plant-based fabrics predominantly, they would buy biodegrade. They would, we could, we could burn them easily without, uh, fumigations uh, issues so it's going to be down the road once we once we have get through this waste issue but when we choose plant-based fabrics and apparel and plant-based apparel we actually don't need to buy as much as we would if we were purchasing them in polyester and synthetic that's what I've noticed for myself Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I've definitely found that myself. And, and then also choosing occasion-based uniforms to simplify the mind uh, instead of feeling like you need to have a billion options. You just need to have every occasion covered that comes up in your life regularly. And I think once you've got that, you can have far less, you can have better quality plant-based fabrics, and, um, and I've certainly, in having conversations with my community over the years, noticed that that's how people find peace with their wardrobe. And I think if you can feel peaceful, then, of course, it enhances your health. Yes. Yes. Mm. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. It's like a capsule wardrobe. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're talking about is the capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, have all the pieces waiting for you and ready for you for any occasion. And um, it does boost your mood. It does um, help you feel more powerful and confident when you can find those silhouettes that agree with you and those colors and patterns that make you feel really good inside and out. 
Mm, absolutely. And have have you got advice for people who are feeling a bit gloomy? Like, um, I don't want to put labels on it, but, you know, labels that we could use would be anxiety or people going through a really intense patch of depression. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to a wonderful colour therapist in the past on the show who uses colour to support people through health challenges um, or, you know, maybe when people are overweight or not happy with the way their body is right now, um, they feel at war with their body a little bit um, because not doing what they like or they want, not getting the results. Um, have you got any advice for us when we might want to go quiet? Like, you know, you often notice people who are feeling a bit down or overweight they often wear greys and blacks and really keep it very um, um, almost like you're trying to hide. Um, can we use clothing as a therapy to actually get us out of those um, lows in life, those, those times? Yeah. yeah, I had a certain experience where I'd gain a lot of weight. I, was, I wasn't around my typical 130. I was about 155 pounds, and it just wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling myself. And I did pick a couple jackets. Uh, they were like a metallic-y copper khaki color. And they were my protection. They were my protection when I was feeling, I, it lo- they looked a little dressy, and but they looked like dressy casual. And when I wore them, I didn't really think about my weight. I just thought about the jackets and covering me and not exposing my weakness, which at the time was my weight. But I really, I really leaned upon those jackets because they were slightly dressy. So they looked like I was, you know, kind of done up. Going yeah. On just yeah, done yeah, up. yeah, yeah, exactly. I looked kind of done up. But they also hugged me and my body in a way where they were flattering too. They cinched a little at the waist. So it was a flared, uh, bodice a little bit and I I just think these two pieces really agreed with me and they they made me comfortable and they didn't make me think about so much of my weight I I was really focusing my my attention more on those jackets than the weight so it it helped me I mean but but beyond my experience yes I believe wearing some dressy pieces is going to lift the mood and wearing the colors or whatever colors you're drawn to, whether it's the soothing blue or a nice uh, fresh green, you know, the, the colors and the prints and the textures and the silhouettes are really going to do it. You just have to be on the hunt for it. You, I, I would say go on, go on a hunt for it and then you'll find it. But, um, you know, you don't have to settle for the first piece that you see either. You, you can look around and make your judgment. I love it. So um, for people who've been locked down for months on end, uh, like some of us here in Australia are starting to finally come out of um, soon, uh, for people who have been working from home for a year and a half, uh, there are a lot of situations that are quite different to normal life right now. And, um, and I noticed the other day when I had to just happened to have to go and film a couple of videos for a client, do some how-to um, DIY uh, personal care. And then all of a sudden I found myself having to be in front of a camera crew. There was a makeup and hair artist. 
Uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to get dressed up. Do I even have shoes for this right now? I just, I didn't even, because it's just been so long. And, um, but I did have a couple of pieces that I had from my um, shooting my most recent book a few months ago. And so I put on a beautiful navy linen dress and some really cute little white leather shoes. And I went and I felt so good that day. I thought, oh, Alex, you're really, you're literally letting yourself go. And I mean that in a, not in a binge eating um, kind of way. I, I'm, I'm pretty balanced on, in that regard, luckily, um, through this period. But in terms of clothing, I really noticed how much more put together I felt when I made an effort. And, uh, and so now when I get up, unless it's a super early America call on my podcast, um, I put on my mascara, I put on something nice after the workout, and I definitely have noticed my mood improve, productivity improve, because I feel dressed for the part instead of dressed for working out. And I'm not working out, I'm at my computer. And so it comes back to those occasions, boosting the overall um, enhancing life really. Yes, that's lovely. Yeah, mm. that's a really lovely story. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> no, that's okay. Because I think if we talk about it, if more people share their experiences, then we really start to realize the impact that what we choose to put on um, and the clothes we choose to have in our homes and on our bodies, how they overall impact um, everything. Not only yes. our mood, our health, but the planet uh, and farming and all sorts of things. Climate change, it's huge. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for, for your book. Can you tell us a little bit more? Because I feel like we've really only just scratched the surface. Um, what can people expect to, to find in there? Well, this is the book. I'll just show you here. Oh, fabulous. Uh, yeah. And it is published by John Hunt Publishing. It's an additional contract. It's released December 1st. And it's basically, I think I did cover a lot in your show about what it's about. It's fashion for the mind, body, spirit. And I kind of categorize it into fashion for the mental body, fashion for the emotional body, fashion for the physical body, fashion for the spiritual body, fashion for the energetic body. So I kind of break it down into those segments. Brilliant. And it's, it has, it covers so much. It's very involved heavily with different fashion theories, like fashion in the elements, fashion in the archetypes, uh, fashion ergonomics, um, fashion that is unhealthy. I talk about unhealthy. Fashion. I talk about fashion business practices. So it's really a book for the fashion enthusiast and the fashion professional and people who just want to learn about how we can make fashion healthy in our own lives. Mm, I love it. Healthy fashion is the name of the book. Uh, if you're listening today, I would definitely urge you to go out and grab a copy. Um, thank you so much, Alyssa. This was an enlightening conversation. I feel like I learned more about myself just uh, having this conversation. And I think that always um, 
that always is a sign that a lot of people out there are really going to connect to what we're talking about um, on the show today. So I really appreciate your work and for bringing this new aspect of fashion to our attention. Thank you so much, Alex. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at lowtoxlife or one word or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life. Uh, and of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low-Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.